I'm Jay from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who podcast and part of the Gunny Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredible geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 204 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss why the definition of a podcast doesn't matter. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we have another IAB certified hosting provider. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have some reaction to that L8 announcement as we discussed last week. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. This is another episode of Better Podcasting, specifically episode 204. I am Stephen John Drew and I am pleased to say that the 204-year-old Stargate Pioneer is here this week. Hey, Aspie. Is that 204 years in dog years or like Pluto years? What is it based on? I, I don't know. Uh, you put way too much thought into that, way more than I did when I said that joke. I am a rocket scientist, so this sort of thing does come up. Anyway, we are here with another week of Better Podcasting, another episode of Better Podcasting. How we start off all our episodes is we go through a How I Save My Podcast story. Now, what this is, is a story that our listener, that means you, actually gets back to us and tells how you actually save your podcast story. Because we all know that something goes wrong with all podcasts. We know this, especially hobbyists, and that we have to do something to save it. So we need your input to share with the class on how you saved it so that you can help other people that go through the other things. Sometimes we talk about what we do to save our own podcasts. And then sometimes we go out to the interwebs and grab a how I could have saved my podcast story so that we can share that with the class. And because our audience has not provided us with a how I saved my podcast story this week, we did go out to the internet. And actually, the one that we have this week is pretty cool, isn't it, Stephen? Absolutely. And so it says, Dear Stephen and SP, my name is Stargate Pioneer. A while back, I wanted to start a podcast about podcasting. And so I saved my podcasting by a, deciding to co-host it with a guy named Stephen. It really saved my bacon. And he is dreamy. He's amazing. And I really love him. Uh, Signed, Stargate Pioneer. That's the official How I Save My Podcast story for this week, I think. That is incorrect. But we can go with that headcanon <laughs> for whoever needs it. What we're going to talk about is another podcast that was actually started the same year that we started in 2015. This is a How I Could Have Said My Podcast story based off a podcasting subreddit post. Thank you, Bang Sunny Bits, for moderating that. And it was posted by a Belgian who his username, I'm having a lot of trouble saying, but I will try to say it correctly. So please correct me if I'm wrong. It's Crow Cod Il Mansion. We'll, get, we'll go with that. Crocod Il Mansion. And the title of the post was My Thoughts and Experiences on Four Years of Podcasting. So very similar to us here on Better Podcasting. 
So bear with me. This will take a minute. This is another SP Red event. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Quote, I started what would become my show at the end of 2015. I don't have any formal training in audio, visuals, or interviewing techniques. I am an autodidact, which means that I tend to figure things out myself. And that's what I did. I bought a secondhand Tascam DR40, one of those Samsung USB XLR mics, and one SM58. I reached out to people I like, from artists, famous journalists, politicians, and one of our billionaires. I'm Belgian. We don't have loads of them. This became my first interview. The audio isn't great. The visuals are simple, done in Photoshop, but I had a lot of fun. I kept reaching out to people, and before I knew, I had done about 40 interviews in three years. In 2017, I took 30 of my interviews and wrote them into a book. My setup kept improving. I got myself another SM58 and a Zoom H6. I also started using Alphonic, a lifesaver. It's still the best bang for the buck if you are relatively lazy and want to get the job done. I have to say that I considered this a hobby. I like doing these interviews, but I was traveling all around the country. It was stressful. I didn't have a plan on how to continue. Then earlier this year, I decided to do a couple of interviews within the Ethereum space. I'm active on their subreddit and reached out to major contributors. These were my very first Skype interviews, and I enjoyed them a lot. I did them with Call Recorder for Skype. By this point, I'd say that my interviews have been downloaded about 250,000 times over the last years. That's not too bad. It's mainly a Dutch show, but it's not enough to really do anything with it. So this summer, I sat down and really thought a bit. I decided to work full time on the podcast. I did about 12 recordings since September, ranging from friends to famous people, etc. The same kind of talk I did before. In terms of downloads, I started with five and a half thousand in September total, and we'll have about 15 to 20,000 in October. So yeah, that's my short story on why you should start. First and foremost, follow what excites you and time will tell you what does and doesn't work out. So Stephen, I have a few things on quote, by the way, Stephen, I have a few things about this. First of all, the downloads, I have no idea what the metrics are on, on his downloads are. I don't know if it's an IAB compliant host. I don't know if it's SoundCloud, which you can, you know, can buy uh, downloads on and stuff like that. Since he's Belgian, I tend to think it might be SoundCloud, but I don't know for sure. I didn't go look up his show. So I can't say anything about the veracity of the total downloads. Similarly, when you talk in terms of downloads, you don't really talk in terms of the total downloads per month. You talk in terms of the downloads that you get within 30 days of releasing an episode, and that's per episode. That's not all the episodes. But this gives you an idea that downloads are coming. He's having fun. He's still continuing, and he is really into the podcast after four years. He's doubled down. He's increased his equipment, and he's really making a go at it. He even made a book out of his interviews. I mean, that's something that we haven't done yet. I mean, I haven't done an, a book yet on how any of the podcasts I've done have worked out. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to find out that I have done a book and it is mm. the inside tales of better podcasting sold exclusively in Canada. So that is the thing right now. But putting that aside, uh, I actually like stories like this. Obviously, we have the questions about the download numbers, like you said, and whatnot, but it just shows personal success and things like that and sticking with things and trying what works. And, and I really do like the fact that we do have some of these stories that do come out occasionally from someone who did start as a hobby podcaster and has since grown into something else because 
let's be honest. Sometimes as a hobby podcaster starting out, it can be deflating and you can question whether or not there is anybody that is a hobby podcaster that can can get things going because there's a lot of similar stories within the hobby podcast world. And so I'm glad you found this one here, especially because of the fact that it was about the time that we all started and we can look at our story and go, I don't know why I still only have Steven's mom downloading this show. And uh, no, maybe eventually we'll get more than my mom downloading the show. That'd be fun eventually. Also, I just want to say for... Uh transparency's sake that this was abbreviated to be able to read it on. And so if you want to see the entire post, you can go to the link that we will have in the show notes. But we are looking for your how you saved your podcast stories. You can get those into us via our email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can come share them with us on our discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash discord. As you know, we currently create this show through three main methods. We do the video on YouTube. We do the video and audio streamed live, but we also have the audio fully edited, once completed, released through an MP3 file. Now, you might be saying, wow, that sounds like a revolutionary piece of technology. Well, that's the podcast. That's the podcast part itself. I know, mind-blowing, right? Well, now, while we are very proud of the video side of the show, and we do put a ton of work into trying to make it good, as well as the live stream, the reality is that this live stream, as well as the video side of our show, is not technically a podcast. This is because as of this moment of recording in October 2019, technically the definition of a podcast involves distribution through an RSS feed. And when you're watching it on YouTube or you're streaming it through Twitch or you're watching SP transcribe it in our Discord server, that's not an RSS feed, which means that it's not technically a podcast. Now, the thing about this is that the English language evolves with time and sometimes terms and phrases evolve to a point where they no longer meet that original technical definition. The everyday use is different than what you might find in the dictionary. And the word podcast has been evolving and really no longer being used in the technical definition. At least we think it's trending that way. This has really been starting over the last little bit. And we kind of, in our opinions, think it's arguable that it's going to continue to happen as more and more of the general public start to use the term podcast. You're going to see it evolve and change from the technical definition as it stands in 2019. And although it is changing over the last couple of years, we have noticed that there is a debate that has been happening more and more with people creating podcasts, and it seems to be happening more frequently. And it's what exactly is a podcast? Now, while it does seem like often the old guard is the one debating this, there are other new podcasters who get in on that debate too. So no matter what side you're taking on this, we're here today in this show to say as a hobby podcaster, we don't think the technical definition of a podcast really matters for you. Today, we want to talk a little bit about why it doesn't matter and how you can leverage why it doesn't matter to help you grow your show a little bit and to help yourself continue enjoying 
doing hobby podcasting. Let's start off this segment by talking about why for a hobby podcaster, a definition of a podcast doesn't really matter and what the definition of a podcast really is. So you don't have to worry about what the monetary implications of misbranding yourself for a podcast. You're a hobby podcaster. On some basic level, if somebody is selling advertisement for something, they need to make sure that they're representing the product accurately. For example, if someone represents themselves as having a podcast to sell advertising on, they should be selling an actual podcast. Now, as a hobbyist, another reason it doesn't matter is because you have to worry about trying to push all of your downloads to one specific location for monetary reasons. When somebody has a monetized podcast, they obviously have a big reason to try to grow their basic numbers. More numbers equals more potential for revenue. As a hobbyist, you don't have that big drive to get everything within one spot. This can be extremely helpful because it can allow you to explore outside your usual channels a little bit more than you would if you were trying to drive traffic to one location. For example, if you want to try doing live streams, you can do that without any concern that you could potentially lose final downloads. Here at Better Podcasting, we know that we have people who only watch us live, and that means they aren't reflected in our final downloads. The same goes with trying new destinations. They might not necessarily be a podcast by definition. For example, maybe there's a new app that downloads your file and pushes it to subscribed clients without an RSS, which is technically not a podcast. As a hobby podcaster, you don't care. It's still ears to your show. Another way that not having to worry about the true definition of a podcast can be helpful is for keeping yourself motivated with continuing the enjoyment of your podcast. As a hobby podcaster, you're creating them largely for fun. And part of the way you're having fun and keeping going is by connecting with your audience. So if you are focused on growing a podcast that is a podcast by definition, your best interest is in the process of keeping the distribution in one spot. But if you're able to branch out a little bit, like SP said, like doing a live stream or a video or putting it out somewhere else, it's another avenue that you might be able to connect with that audience. For example, our live streams that we do here on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time at Geeks.Live, we get instant feedback as we go through. Even when we're making errors and we're doing all sorts of things that get edited out at the end, we got live interaction with the audience, and it can be really motivating for us. It can actually sometimes be a live instant pat on the back as we do make those errors that I just mentioned. It's really great positive feedback that we get to have instantly that we wouldn't get to have while we're recording if we were doing just a true podcast and focusing on only growing those downloads afterwards. But it does go beyond that. Having extra avenues like the, the live shows and videos sometimes can allow us to do different types of content to interact with that audience. For example, during our live streams that we do, usually before and after the show, we have a little bit of just random chatter. A little Inside Baseball today was all about Canadian stuff before the show. And so this allows us to have a little bit of a, a raw conversation that we wouldn't be having otherwise with our audience and just a little bit of stuff that gets edited out and that we wouldn't be doing if we were just focused on that actual, defi by definition, true podcast. 
So it's another type of conversation that we get to have an engagement with our audience. And sometimes with the video side of things, we do a fun little video gag or a little joke. A lot of times it's in other shows, not necessarily this one, but it's another way that we can try to connect with our audience through another avenue that we wouldn't really probably have if we were focusing on just the true afterward, just to download via the RSS audio feed. Now, as a hobbyist, you don't have to worry about whether or not you're doing a true podcast and more importantly, whether or not you want to be doing a podcast. For example, say you want to create a show about paint drying. You think you want to make a podcast, so you call it Stephen's Paint Drying Podcast. It's kind of odd if your name isn't Stephen, but to each their own. Well, what if you don't want to do it as a podcast anymore? What if you decide Stephen's paint drying video companion show would be beneficial, but you want to also still release the audio version? With a hobby show, does it really matter if you keep calling it Stephen's paint drying podcast, even though there's a video? What's the worst that's going to happen? You'll have somebody boycott your show because you misused a term. Your sponsors will be mad. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have any sponsors and nobody's really going to care that you misused the podcast term. Another reason we don't think it really matters is because honestly, your audience is going to decide whether or not they like you and your show based on the content that they find within. It's not going to be whether or not you're misusing the term podcast in relation to the true way that they're getting your podcast. For example, if you're creating a great product that technically isn't being delivered through an RSS feed, but there still are eyes or ears on it, and they're finding you and they're liking what they're seeing or hearing, they're probably still going to subscribe because they like the show. They don't care how exactly they're getting it. This is because as people start to get familiar with the concept of what a podcast is, the idea of just independently or, you know, just a, a certain type of audio program, they're not going to care exactly how that's being delivered. They're going to look for this audio program in the method that they feel comfortable with, and they're going to go to that place and that place only. For some people, it could very well be YouTube. For other people, it could just be a certain app that is that upcoming app that SP mentioned. Who knows? They're going to go to the place that they are more comfortable with and find a show that way. And if they like the show, they'll subscribe, whether or not it meets the true definition of a podcast. Some listeners potentially might even think that video shows are podcasts. They don't care that that's technically incorrect. They just know what they're looking for. And if their concept of a podcast is technically incorrect, they don't care. Ultimately, you are making your show for your enjoyment and others, and hopefully they'll enjoy it whether or not you are meeting that technical definition of a podcast. So in summary today, we here at Better Podcasting make it no secret that we think the whole dilemma about the technical definition of a podcast is pretty counterproductive to creating great quality content. It's forcing people to discuss a topic that really doesn't matter to the end user. Further, we think that it places focus on the way of the past of podcasting, a time when podcasting was a niche medium and consumed in a very specific particular way. With podcasting exploding and the term becoming more of the everyday use variety, we think that this term is going to continue to evolve. So instead of worrying if your show fits the technical definition, take advantage of the fact that you're a hobbyist and you don't need to worry about this baggage. Instead, 
reach out to others in a variety of places to help your show grow, focus on making great quality content, and just say no to these silly arguments about the technical definition of a podcast. This is the Better Podcasting Download. So this week I was looking into the news, and this is a subject that I've been pontificating on for the better part of the year here. And Pod News this past week on Thursday, October 17th, kind of solved the issue for me. It announced, and I didn't see it announced anywhere else, but on Pod News, it was announced that Spreaker's statistics are now IAB certified. Now, there was a whole kick caboodle rigmarole over this whole thing. Voxnest, which is the parent company basically now of Spreaker, has been IAB certified for a while. And the question was, were those certified stats being used for Spreaker? According to Pod News, the Spreaker live show earlier this year with Rob Greenlee, who now works for Libsyn, said that Spreaker stats were IAB certified back in May. But this just wasn't the case. Spreaker kept on using their same statistics. Well, as of last Monday, Spreaker switched over to those same VoxNest IAB certified statistics. So finally, Spreaker's statistics are IAB certified. So what does this mean for a hobby podcaster? First, if you do use Spreaker as your media host, you're going to notice some of your downloads are probably going to go down per show because they take away downloads because people have to listen to at least a minute of audio as well as some bots on the white list and the whatever list that they have, they, they go away and it just ends up reducing the total amount of downloads. Every single podcast media host out there or statistics provider that has done this, the downloads have gone down per show. And we see it on a daily basis if we want to on Libsyn. We can toggle between the two so we can clearly see the decrease that happens with IAB certified statistics versus what used to be considered the standard statistics with Libsyn. So with Spreaker, that's going to happen. But this is the good news is that the Spreaker stats are now IAB certified. So if you do happen to want to monetize, you can go and monetize with IAB certified statistics. Also, if you happen to change your podcast media host, meaning you leave Spreaker and you go somewhere else, you're going to know that your statistics aren't going to change from show to show. It's something we talked and discussed previously on Better Podcasting, which is one of the benefits that we see for hobbyists for IAB statistics. Also, if you want to compare and contrast your show to maybe either somebody else or your own shows over time, you know that you are comparing and contrasting with certified statistics for those times. So that's all good. Uh, I am glad that this announcement finally came off. I'm wondering why it took so long. Not going to really knock Spreaker. I don't really advocate Spreaker as a podcast media host just because they have a total hour limit underneath the same dollar amount plan that you can get through other podcast media hosts at $20. You're limited to 500 hours of audio. So yeah, that'll do most shows, but for my shows, ultimately it gets more than that. Also, the other benefit with Spreaker, which is a benefit, but I still don't advocate them is that you can have multiple RSS feeds. So if you're looking at a place to host multiple shows and you only want to do like 10 hours of like 50 shows, you can do it via Spreaker. But if you want to keep those shows online and you want to keep the entire back catalog online, which is most podcasters want to do over time, Spreaker is not your best option, but it is an option. And we do use it to live stream 
better podcasting, and I use it to live stream all our other shows, Gonna Geek, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Starling Tribune. Yeah, I think that there's a certain type of people that probably would find the value of Spreaker, especially with that live sort of uh, aspect to it that you've mentioned before. There are some other people that are getting into the live streaming now and whatnot. But um, in any case, Spreaker is a name in podcasting, and so to see another one here IAB certified makes me very, very happy, especially because for a very long time, we had some people, uh, some companies really, really touting their IAB certifiedness as a marketing tool. And um, we need to have more balance in the IAB certification so that we can have an even set of metrics and not have people just jumping from one host to another in order to get those. Because in my opinion, if you're all of a sudden having people jumping off of a platform, well, then are they really going to end up getting IAB certified? So if we could just expand that IAB certification, it's good for everybody. I'm so happy to see Spreaker do this. Very, very happy about this. And I have it on good authority, by the way, that the audiobook version of the Inside Baseball of Better Podcasting might actually be hosted on Spreaker but it'll actually be narrated by um, uh, Bang's Naughty Bits. That's what I heard. I heard that that's going to happen. One of the things that we've discussed uh, over time here, over years really, is Spreaker is a great place where we could throw a show in just a trial mode on Spreaker and then migrate it off to wherever we want to go. We also have the ability to self-host our show. I mean, Stephen does that all the time. So if we wanted to create our own show and just self-host it, we could do that as well. But if you're not comfortable with self-hosting, Spreaker is a great place just to throw a test show out there. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you pull it down and you're not really out anything other than the $20 a month. And it really helps out if you're live streaming the show. Also, you mentioned live streaming and that there's not many options out there for live streaming on a podcast media host. Podbean, to my knowledge, for a hobbyist is the only other place, and they're in beta right now, so I don't know if every account actually gets it, but Podbean would be the other place as a hobbyist that you could go to to live stream a show and still keep it on your RSS feed. Good point. Let's go ahead and move on to the Better Podback. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. Let's kick off the better pod back this week from something that SP found over on the Reddit sphere. What did you find, SP? Well, to recap to everybody, what I do every week is the three main podcasting subreddits actually have a weekly post your show post. So every week they post it, and that's the one place that you can go to promote your show. And I do it every week for the shows that are out there for better podcasting, Guinea Geek, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Starling Tribune. In this week's case, I posted a better podcasting episode. It happened to be episode 200 to the podcast subreddit, also the podcasts subreddit with an S and the podcasting subreddit. But on the podcast Reddit, there was a reply. Really enjoyed the show. You gained a sub from us from Donna Rom show. Really enjoyed the quality of your audio. I actually went over to Donna Rom and listened to their show. Uh, they're on YouTube as well as probably an RSS feed. I didn't really find them there. But since they kind of pointed me to YouTube, I went to YouTube and I took a listen to their show and they actually had a trailer on there and they were talking about being roofers during the day and then they come home and podcast like geek sort of stuff at night. So I, in my reply back to them, I said, I hope you had a fun day roofing. And they're like, what do you mean roofing? 
you know, like you, we don't know you. What? Why? Why are you talking about roofing? I said, well, I saw it on your trailer, and they were like, ah, yeah, jokes on us. We forgot about that trailer being there. So be careful what you put in your trailer. It could come back to you years later. Uh, let's move on to some Discord feedback that we had that was all about the Zoom L8. If you didn't get this last week, we actually were surprised by a release last week that came from Zoom. Talking about before we started using Zoom H6 hardware recorders, I currently use a Zoom L12. Well, last week, Zoom did announce that there is a new product called an L8, and there is lots of podcaster features there. So once we did talk about this on the show and the episode was released, we had a little bit of chatter in the Discord. We had Bach say, the Zoom LiveTrack L8 sounds like a wonderful piece of equipment. We also had Randy Walker respond, say, I totally would have held off on the F4 if I'd known the L8 was coming. I think that's a bit of an example on what I was talking about last week where you know, there's a whole debate about preamps, which I might mention in a minute here. But I think that that's a really good example on how um, the people who might be thinking about going with the H6, if you're not going to be used the portability function of that, you might want to just go with the L8 instead. Same thing here. It looks like maybe the features might have been more important uh, to Randy Walker. Except Randy also said, except maybe the preamps. Except I went with the F4 over the H6 because of the preamps. So got to make that, that decision there. Do you want the better preamps or not? I think we'll have to wait to see some real world tests and see how the L8 actually shakes out. Zoom, if you're watching, be happy to give it a spin for you. And I realize they are really undercutting the price point here because we know that the Rodecaster Pro is $599. They have all the effects processing, the uh, Apex effects processing on it, and that probably drove the price up. So I think they wanted to undercut that, and I think they wanted to not get too far away from the Zoom H6 price, which we discussed last time. I keep on looking at the L8. It has a heck of a capability. Now, the preamps will probably be an issue with some microphones that need a lot of gain. So you're talking about maybe some large dynamic broadcast microphones, such as maybe the Shure SM7B might have a problem with the Zoom L8. But if you're well, on the lower end of the spectrum, if you have like an SE Electronics V7, I don't think you're going to have the issue with the preamps. I think you're going to be just fine. So it depends on what kind of equipment that you want to hook up to the L8, whether you're going to be okay or not. Also, for our studio purposes, Stephen, you and I still both have the 286, the DBX 286. So I think it'd be just fine. Matter of fact, you're running the L12 just fine as it is. And the, I realize the preamps might be different, but I don't think your quality would suffer going to the L8 from the L12. That's a good point as well. And I think that's going to really depend on the podcaster. Like they, they shoved the batteries in there so it's portable. Pretty sure they did that because of the way that Rode highlighted it being portable. I take issue with that because they gave people bags but didn't sell travel bags. They specifically came out and said that they weren't for sale, but they gave them to people. I, I get why they tried to make it portable because it's more portable than a whole bunch of other things. And anyways, now I'm ranting a little bit. But the thing is, I think with the form factor of an LA, you're probably not going to be making it ultra portable. So you might have it in your studio. And if that's the case, you might have something like a DBX 286. So I, I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm not going to get too down 
on the spec yet until I actually hear it, but I am going to be cautious about it and make sure people are aware of the spec because I think at the end of the day, how are things being distributed? How are they being consumed? Audio quality is more important now than it used to be for sure, but there's also a balance there. And I think that we are going to have to see how it all shakes out in the end. Over on YouTube, we had Podster say, discovered you via Reddit. This is great. Thank you very much, Potster. We greatly appreciate that. I actually took a listen to Potster's podcast, and it is a confrontational podcast about, well, let's see, politics, religion, and that sort of stuff. So you, you're, Potster is a great name for the podcast. So Jay, yeah, it was an awesome name that you chose. And uh, as far as I could tell, it was a pretty decent podcast to listen to if you're interested into those controversial topics. Once again, that is hosted by Jay, spelled J-A-Y-E, Jay Mitch. Back over on Discord, we had Damien the DM say, so what are people's thoughts on Podchaser and its seemingly increased momentum in the space? Okay, so Podchaser, that's a good point because... I seem to be getting tagged a little bit more in random things from Podchaser. And uh, I seem to have been noticing in my little, little Twitter activity thing, more and more activity from Podchaser, things that they're doing, I think, to get other people to see them and things like that. But what's your? let's go through the feedback before we end up actually talking about this. So let's start off with Waffle's response there, SP. Waffle said Podchaser lets people leave reviews without opening iTunes. It lets you listen and rate shows. It's mostly what I use when I can listen you things at work. I think it's listen to things at work. We also had TGM4883 say Podchaser seems neat. It's trying to be the IMDB of podcasts, I guess. I would never use it to listen to a podcast, though, and I wonder how they are getting some of their data, such as particular episode hosts and guests. Zachary Webb came in and cleared that, cleared that up saying hosts and other contributors give the data. And that is absolutely true. And your comment on this was. I mentioned that there's only so much room in podcasting and the momentum is going to where people listen already. So you don't go to IMD to watch a movie. You go to IMD to find out where you can get the movie. You see it. Uh, all the people behind it, the cast, the crew, the director, maybe some trivia and information behind it. So that that's like the IMD-ish of Podchaser. You don't necessarily go to IMD to watch things, although I, you can in some cases. Usually go where you normally watch your stuff everywhere. And I think the same thing's going to be true of Podchaser eventually. I'm not going to rule out that Podchaser will become a contribution or a distribution hub where people go to listen and rate shows and stuff like that, especially in this day and age where iTunes and iTunes is still a thing, by the way, I can still say iTunes because I still have iTunes on my windows machine. I know a lot of people say iTunes is dead because they're using Mac. Well, iTunes is not totally dead. It's still on windows. So I don't have to go to iTunes to listen to stuff. But here's the thing about Apple podcasts or iTunes. It still runs a lot of the directories out there including in some cases Podchaser. So you really have to still be in multiple places and there's no dedicated one 
place right now where you can guarantee a lot of listeners like the Netflix of podcasting or the Disney plus of podcasting. I'm sure we'll hear that term at some point in time. This is the IMD of podcasting. I think it was sorely needed. I mean, we both used it. We think it's a good service from, from that standpoint. We do know its limitations. There's some episodes that it of shows that are existing that it won't pull or hasn't the last time that we were in there. So yeah, it's evolving. And I still think that listenership won't come through Podchaser, at least not for now. I'm right with you. Uh, the only other thing that I want to add in here is that um, Podchaser does do things that many directories do, which is create a website listing for individual podcasts. But there is also uh, individual creator, host, contributor uh, pages that can be made as well. So if you have a few minutes, I, I'd encourage you to go over to Podchaser and make your own little page there. And then you can make sure to tie that over to the individual podcast and you can claim the podcast. There's ways that it's all done. And it's not a bad little interface. I, I look at Podchaser maybe once every other month just to see what they're up to. Podchaser, it'll continue to be a thing. I haven't heard anything bad about it other than like we can't find some episodes of stuff that is already so like better podcasting we have 200 episodes and even if it doesn't show the last 200 let's say it just shows the last 100 there'll be like episode 150 it's not there or something like that it's like what but anyway I, it's a pretty decent thing to try if you haven't tried it i would encourage you to do it a lot of these new podcasting things i i don't have a chance to try out just because it doesn't seem like it's Worth the, ju the juice is worth the squeeze to me as a hobbyist. You know, I have a limited amount of time to do everything. Podchaser, I think, is worth it. I think you should try it out. Agreed. If you have any experience with Podchaser or anything else to do with podcasting you want to talk to us about, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can email us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can tweet us at betterpod, or you can come over to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. But before we close, and we're going to start harping this at the beginning of the show coming up next week, we are kicking off this year another segment that we did last year. Uh, we last year, if you didn't know this, we did an episode where we did what's called one thing. The idea was that we encouraged you as a podcaster to think about what your one goal was that you had for 2019. Well. The year's almost done, and we thought, let's give it another go this year, because after we did that episode last year, we had a lot of people come back and say, oh, I should have participated, or they shared their goals. So we thought, let's give it another try this year, now that we've done it once, and see what some people have in mind. So we want you to look at what you do with your show, look at your show itself, and set yourself one goal that you want for 2020 to accomplish. This is something that you think you're going to be able to accomplish, something you want to place a little bit of focus on. Last year, an example was I wanted to mumble less. I do think that I've worked on that. And so, SP, you also had a different goal. One of my goals, I think I had a couple goals. The one that comes to mind right away is so. I wanted to use so less. It's a transition word that's used. A lot of engineers use it as they're explaining stuff. They'll say, so this, and a lot of people from Minnesota, so don't you know, that sort of thing. I wanted to say so less. There's a couple of reasons why. First of all, in most cases, it's an unnecessary transition word. You can say what you want to say without using that word. And a lot of people have different transition words that they use, um, and you name it. 
there's a lot of transition words. The other thing is I hate the syllabus in my voice. And it's one of the reasons why I use a DBX 286S is to DS my voice. And using so just enunciates that S sound in my voice. So I try not to say the word as much as possible. And I know I just said it in normal conversation there, but that was one of the things that I want to do. And I think this year I have focused on doing it because when I edit my own show, now full disclosure, I do not edit better podcasting. I can, I just don't edit better podcasting because Steven likes to do, he actually likes to do, even on the weeks he's not around. He's like, no, 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 I'll take care of it. I'm like, really? I mean, it's your vacation. Oh no, I'll take care of it when I'm done from vacation. Like it's his vacation from his vacation or something. I don't know. Anyway, when I'm editing Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Starling Tribune, I will hear that and I'll go, no, I got to take that out. And I know I have to work on it. So I think I've done a better job in 2019 of not using that particular word. I'll have something else for my one thing for 2020. Get in touch with us through any of the ways. We'd love it, though, if you could send us a video clip, because if we get enough, we'll do an episode like we did last year. Otherwise, we'll sprinkle them all in. So please get in touch with us through any of the ways, but ideally send us a video to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Figure out one thing that you want and send it to us. Now, we're going to have a deadline sort of towards the beginning of December. We will come back with that at a later date, and we will actually commit ourselves to one thing coming up here pretty quick as well. But we wanted to get the ball rolling so you could think a little bit about what is your one goal for 2020. Again, video would be fantastic since we do have a video show. But if you don't want to do that, send us an audio clip and... If you don't want to do that, send us an email or a message. We would love to have your contribution to this episode. Why do you all try to segregate your sports there? You say ball rolling. I know you're a Patriots fan. I know they're undefeated so far this year. And I know football doesn't roll all that well, except for on one axis. It does roll. Why not have a puck slide across the ice? Why not have the rock, you know, from the famous Canadian ice sport? You know, with the brooms and stuff. Why don't you say that? No, it's got to be a ball rolling. On that note, for another episode of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, SP just gave me a lot to think about tonight. I don't think I'm going to sleep. And I'm SP saying curling rocks. See you guys next week. Bye. I will make that ball roll. I will. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.